listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Vanessa Diaz. This is episode 412.5, and today is May 5th, which, yes, is Cinco de Mayo. And no, that is not Mexican Independence Day. That is in September. This has nothing to do with anything else I'm going to talk about, but there is my annual public service announcement. Um, so today I'm going to tell you about a couple of books that I, you know, once once every two or three recordings I like to do this thing where I'm just like, hey, these books have nothing to do with one another, but they're good. And so that's what we're doing today for s- several reasons. Uh, but they're so much fun and I hope that you'll pick them up. Before I tell you about those, let's hear from our sponsor. So 2023 needs to be put in rice, which I think I've said about every of the last three years. <laughs> and, and it just is true. <laughs> that's that's life. Um, you'll notice I'm actually taking a break from the main show this month. I think Jeff is filling in for me just because I've got some family things going on that I am I am thankful that I have the time and space and support to go ahead and take care of. So I'll be, you know, with my family in San Diego for a little bit here. But I did want to hop on to this show because, well, it's about books that I've already read and also books that gave me a lot of joy when I read them and that it's it's fun to talk about. So thank you to giving me or for giving me the space to do so, backlist listeners. <laughs> um, and to pick today's titles, I basically played bookshelf backlist roulette, where <laughs> I kind of closed my eyes and was like, mm, this, 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 and this, and picked a handful of books and then had to, you know, whittle it down to two. But these are two books that I really enjoyed so much, and both of which I coincidentally read when I was going through stuff and <laughs> needed a bit of a distraction. So if that's something that you need too, I hope that you'll pick these up. The first of which is Iron and Velvet by Alexis Hall, and it is the first in the Kate Kane series. I think think the full thing is like Kate Kane Paranormal Investigator series. There is indeed a woman named Kate Kane, and she is a paranormal investigator. First, let me tell you a little bit about Alexis Hall, who, if you don't know, is such a phenomenal writer. He is an auto-read for me at this point, and he is prolific. So if you like this book or any of the other books that I'm going to talk about in a second that he's written, like there is so much more to go back and discover. I first read Alexis Hall just a few years ago when I picked up Boyfriend Material, which is the first in the London Calling series, That is the second of which is Husband Material, and then there's one more coming. And now there's also like a spinoff series coming. But anyway, I'm going off on tangents here. But if you liked Boyfriend Material or any of those books, if you liked Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake... Paris Delancourt is about to crumble, A Lady for a Duke, like Alexis Hall has written so much stuff in the last few years alone that I have so much enjoyed that I finally started to go back into his older stuff. And that's how I discovered this book. I also want to just point out that he is, so he writes queer romance and inclusively, like he has written a romance between a trans woman and a cis man. He's written lesbian romance, but he writes a lot of male male romance and is a bit of a rarity in the publishing industry in that the vast majority of published male male romance, for reasons, is written by cis women. And I'll link to a post uh, on the site that we have about that in case you're interested. But yeah, it's just really great to get to read male male romance that's written by a queer man and again just and does it so so well and i hope we get to see more folks like him get published back to alexis hall and his book so he also in addition to writing a lot of great romance also writes really great mystery and so this book is iron and velvet like all of the things that i love about alexis hall in one it is again the first book in the kate kane series it is urban fantasy it's paranormal it's queer there's romance it has a very sort of gritty 
noir vibe to it. It also has a mystery. It is a mystery. And again, I know I've just given you like keyword upon keyword. This book is super, like, and series is super trope-tastic. But if you just lean into that and go along for the ride, it is a lot of fun. So Kate Kane said, paranormal investigator that I think I've said like three times now, is like any sort of noir detective personality worth their salt, kind of a mess. <laughs> She's on the brink of financial ruin. She sort of like lives hard, drinks a ton, doesn't sleep much. She's lamenting the loss of a partner, down on her luck in certain ways, sort of a, I guess maybe chip on her shoulder. Just again, lean into the tropes. <laughs> Just go with it. And when the book opens, she is approached by an 800-year-old vampire with a case that she knows she should say no to, but she just can't for lots of reasons. She's being asked to investigate the murder of a werewolf outside of this club called the Velvet. That's the sort of preferred playground of the most powerful vampire in London. And looking into this case puts Kate at the center of a paranormal war between the werewolves, the vampires, and also the, I think, demons or witches, maybe demons and witches. I know there's a witch queen. It's been a few years, but again, this is all a great time. (laughs) So there is a lesbian romance woven in. There are some really fantastic fight scenes. We get to see Kate sort of figure life out. She is both, again, so snarky and sarcastic, which I love, but then shows these little bits of sort of endearing and very reluctant vulnerability in her, like, the relationship portion of the book. The dialogue is so great. This is like a thing that Alexis Hall has on lock. And in addition to being snarky and funny, it's just, again, like, a really fun time. Some of the stuff in this book, I will say, comes a little bit out of left field. But again, just go with it. Go for the ride. That's what we're here for. We're here for a good time. (laughs) I do remember, at least I think I remember, well, there's definitely blood because, you know, vampires. But I think there was some other maybe, like, gross stuff that has to do with like the fight scenes maybe even like a maggot or like a blood sucking creature but none of it was the kind of thing that turned me off from reading and i think there's maybe like a reference to assault but again it wasn't graphically enough on the page to bother me and we all know i'm a bit of a weenie but your mileage may vary so look up the trigger warnings in case that's a thing for you but overall again it's just like a really fun like ridiculously fun series that i I think you'll enjoy and I believe there are three books in the series. So again, that is Iron and Velvet by Alexis Hall, the first book in the Kate Kane Paranormal Investigator series. And my next book, as promised, has nothing to do with the first, but it's just fun. And this one is very different in both in style and approach, type of writing. But you know, why don't I maybe just tell you about the book instead? So I will quickly say I need to give a trigger warning for discussions of suicide, both in my description of the book here and in the book itself. But it is I don't want to call it light because I don't want to be insensitive, but it's maybe not what you think. Let me go ahead and tell you about it. It's not overly graphic. So gingerbread is not a titular metaphor here, but a real thing. There is literally a gingerbread recipe at the heart of the story. This, so what Helen Oyemi has done is taken the role of gingerbread as inspiration, like in its role from classic fairy tales, in this case, Hansel and Gretel, and then does that thing that, Helen Oyayemi does so well, which you will know if you've read books like White is for Witching, which is to stick a concept that you think you know and are familiar with in a blender and crank it up to high and then take what's left over and mold it into this whole new thing that is like recognizable if you're paying attention and may not make a lot of sense, but like, damn, is it beautiful? (laughs) Like, that's the best way I can think of to describe Really, her writing in general, but definitely this book. So our two main characters are Harriet Lee and her teenage daughter, Perdita. Harriet is 
constantly trying to woo the very sort of uppity, clicky parents at Perdita's fancy West London school with her baked goods, specifically this gingerbread. They live in a gold-painted, like, seventh-story walk-up apartment with, uh, so it's Harriet, Perdita, and also Harriet's mother, Margot. This apartment is, again, it's gilded. There's a bunch of velvet. I think there were silver satin parasol chandeliers. So what I'm saying is I want to go to this place, basically, but that's beside the point. Harriet is about two, she's twice as old as her daughter, so she was a young mom. And there's sort of a mystery around Perdita's birth and the identity of her father, one that's not exactly known to Perdita herself, who is also kind of a loner and like trying to figure life out as a teen. And Perdita has grown up with stories from her mother about the origin of this renowned gingerbread recipe that apparently has origins in, I've said origin twice now, um, but in this very like mythical sounding place called Druhastrana, that is like maybe in Eastern Europe, but doesn't show up anywhere on a map and cannot be Googled. So it's, it's a place, or is it? We don't really know. But Harriet has told her these stories all her life about how she spent a lot of the time in her childhood there, how that is where she met her best friend, who is this character named Gretel Kercheval, who apparently shaped like everything about her, maybe for the better, maybe for worse. But like, where is she at? Where'd she go? Do these people and places really exist? This is the question at the heart of the story. So one day Harriet comes home to what is apparently a suicide note, except it's not really like a sad goodbye. It is really kind of a BRB where she's like, uh, I took some gingerbread with a special extra ingredient to make me go away for a while. But I'm just going to go learn more about Drew Hastrana. I'll be right back kind of thing. And so she does wake up in the hospital, gets to come home and all that. And she insists to Harriet that she did indeed make it to Drew Hastrana and that she'll tell Harriet all about the journey as long as Harriet agrees in turn to tell her first about her experience there, to tell her all about Gretel and to tell her about how her and her mother Margot left Drew Hastrana and, you know, landed in England. And so begins a story a story, by the way, that is like kind of chimed in Greek chorus style by these four dolls that she has that like are maybe made of plants and maybe talk. I'll let you discover that part on your own. <laughs> this book is a ride. <laughs> I think I've said that a few times. So like Helen Oyoyemi is not for everyone. And I do not say that negatively. I just say that you kind of have to know what you're getting into. If you like, for example, your retellings and reworkings to be really super linear and easy to follow and to be tied up like neatly with a bow at the end, this may not be your jam. But if you can appreciate the subversive, the, the twisty winding path, suspend a little bit of disbelief and just go along for some elements of sort of, I guess, fabulism, maybe even magical realism with some amazing writing. I think the payoff here is great. I'm going to be really annoying and read you a paragraph from this book that I have literally bookmarked since I read this book several years ago because the writing just like, ugh, it's like, it's like honey. So let's do this. Harriet Lee's gingerbread is not comfort food. There's no nostalgia in it, no hearkening back to innocent indulgences and jolly times at nursery. It is not humble, nor is it dusty in the crumb. A gingerbread addict once told Harriet that eating her gingerbread is like eating revenge. It's noshing on the actual and anatomical heart of somebody who scarred your beloved and thought they'd get away with it, the gingerbread addict said. That heart ground to ash and shot through with darts of heat, salt, spice, and sulfurous syrup, as if honey was measured out, set ablaze, and trickled through the dough along with the liquefied spoon. You are phenomenal. You've ruined my life forever. Thank you. I just love that 
paragraph so much. Again, that is the type of writing that you get, and it maybe isn't apparent in that paragraph alone, but there is, again, a lot of snark. If you audio, Helen Oyemi narrates this one herself, and oh, it's just so good, because obviously she's delivering it the way she intended it to be delivered. So much fun, has nothing to do with my first title, but both of these books really are just like a shot of joy in such different ways. If you go into them, letting them wash over you and not with any specific like agenda in mind, if that makes sense. And that's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much to today's sponsor and to our audio editor, Jen Zink, because forever and ever, she's doing all this magic behind the scenes to make us sound great. For more recs and general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of all the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And of course, remember, if you are a fan of all the books and all the backlist and you want to show us some love, please leave a rating or review for us over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you review podcasts. We really appreciate those reviews and to help other book lovers come and over and find us and, you know, listen to me go on and off about gingerbread. <laughs> if you want to find me, I am mostly on the gram these days at Buenos Dias SD, although admittedly very absent in this particular phase of life. But when I am on there, I'm at Buenos Dias SD. In the meantime, until the next time that we talk, take care of yourselves, give yourself some grace, and of course, as always, happy reading. Happy reading.